RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Big shout out to all my friends over there on the foxhole. Thank you so much to everybody on Rumble, keeping the chat comfy. Thank you to those watching over on Getter. And if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast on any of the numerous platforms where you can download it well i appreciate your patronage thank you for being with us also thank you to lee and 63 for dropping a can already over there at pilled.net we've got much to discuss today you guys plenty of it surrounding the continuing and ongoing criminal actions of the biden crime family And we would be remiss if we also didn't, in conjunction with that conversation, discuss the cover-ups taking place at the highest levels. Got a dire warning for America. Thank God we've got at least a handful of people in the House and the Senate who actually are fighting for our rights and accountability. Also looks like Colorado may have just barely averted a massacre. This is a weird one, but I'm going to need you to sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn because we will be right back after this. So recently, I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning, and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now, it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manually manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, welcome back. Thank you for being here, everyone. Please, if you have not yet, 
hit that like button, hit that red pill. If you haven't yet subscribed to the channel, please do that as well. It really does help. The more people we have liking the show, especially while it's live, the more likely it is that we actually get onto the leaderboard because more people are going to see that it's a great show and we've got good information, great things that we're talking about. I'd also like to give a big shout out to Lance. Thank you very much, Lance. I got the DVDs yesterday. Uh, Also, Thank you for the generous donation from Patty. Patty, I really appreciate you. And then also, of course, uh, the stalwart supporter of the show, Lewis. You know who you are. Thank you so much. Every single month, I, I, I look forward to getting your letters in the mailbox. You are quite literally helping to keep us on the air here, and it means a lot. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to... Already, earlier today, I published another interview with my friends from C60, the sponsors of today's program. Uh, We had another conversation about some uh, other exciting use cases for ESS60, uh, which you can get by going to c60.com forward slash redpill78. And actually, I need to verify that link there because I'm just telling you off the top of my head, c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. And then you use code redpill78 to get 10% off your order. So thank you very much to Patty and Chris. Appreciate them stopping by and having a conversation with us. So guys, it's been a weird week, hasn't it? I mean, it's just been a little hinky. And that's saying a lot because it's pretty much always a weird week in Joe Biden's America. But the hits just keep on coming. I said I had a dire, dire warning for the people of America, and it's not necessarily for you lot. You guys already know exactly what's going on. You understand the scourge of socialism and outright communism. What happens when an authoritarian figure uh, such as a despotic leader takes over a nation. Well, in the instance of the people of uh, Venezuela, uh, you have what is essentially a leader for life. There were recently elections that were held in Venezuela, and wouldn't you know it, the most popular opposition candidate won that election, and the current president, Nicolas Maduro, suspended the results of that election, likely because he was afraid that he would no longer remain in power. Now, the funny thing about Nicolas Maduro and his efforts to keep the power in Venezuela is that just recently he made a deal with the Biden regime, uh, oil in exchange for the promise of free and fair elections. So two weeks ago, the opposition leader going against Nicolas Maduro won this election, and this was right after he promised the Biden regime that he would allow, they would remove the oil sanctions that would allow relief for the oil supply around the world. And of course, it would give the Venezuelan Venezuelans a whole lot of money in the meantime. Democratic reforms are generally tied to larger nations allowing nations like Venezuela to enter that global community. There's been a lot of outcry about Joe Biden's willingness to simply allow despotic regimes to kind of enter into the the global fray without actually requiring them to do anything. So it remains to be seen if there will be any punishment for Nicolas Maduro or if the Biden regime is simply just going to allow him to go ahead and steal the elections. I tend to believe that they're not going to do a damn thing. 
because what we're seeing happening in Venezuela is essentially the same thing that we've seen happen here in America. It's just been a softer sort of tyranny. Joseph Robinette Biden, the DNC, and the deep state itself making sure that our elections go in a certain direction. Need I remind you that some of the electronic voting software and machines that we currently use in this nation were developed initially for the market in Venezuela to help someone like Nicolas Maduro get into power and remain in power. So Leah, the leader of the opposition in Venezuela is Maria Corina Machado. Last week, she had a victory in the primary election, and Nicolas Maduro turned around and uh, completely stripped that victory away from her. Uh, She is alleging that identity theft, uh, money laundering, and conspiracy uh, has been committed. The suspension of the election follows Joe Biden and his administration's decision uh, to make this deal with Maduro and Venezuela. Uh, And on October 18th, the U.S. agreed to provide oil sanctions relief in exchange for the promise that next year's presidential elections would be free and fair. Obviously, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Uh, We have international observers reporting from the ground in Venezuela. State Department officials are in there taking a look, uh, and they told uh, the uh, people who are paying attention. Well, yeah, it looks like Maduro is not going to go ahead and hang on to his end of the bargain. Now, the attorney general for Venezuela, General Tariq William Saab, he is a member of Nicolas Maduro's United Socialist Party of Venezuela. Uh, He said that his office is planning to spearhead investigations into the opposition. Doesn't that sound a lot like the DOJ spearheading investigations into Donald Trump, the opposition to Joseph Robinette Biden? And Machado and other political opposition figures have stated openly that the now suspended results are fair and legitimate. There was no cheating involved. I would imagine the people of Venezuela are simply tired of living under a communist regime. And so they attempted to vote for somebody else, much like what I expect to see here in 2024. Do not be surprised if Joe Biden and the deep state attempt to pull something off in this exact same manner. Now, the Maduro regime is likely seeing Machado's opposition as a significant threat to his grip on power. This is most likely a strategy that they're using to provoke the opposition into perhaps boycotting the election uh, or simply trying to muscle them out of the way so that Nicolas Maduro ends up as the only possible candidate. Uh, I just do not see much of a difference between what we have going on there and what we are seeing play out right now here in America. So not surprised by any of it. Now, the good news is in uh, Wisconsin, a state that certainly had its own share of problems in both 2020 and 2022, the, uh, the, the, the people who are elected to represent the citizens of Wisconsin are actually looking to shore up any of those possible election integrity issues that existed, which allowed 2020 to be stolen before we get to 2024. So we're talking about uh, people like Ramthan and Branchin. We've talked about both of them in the past. They are major supporters of election integrity. And uh, in the time since the 2020 election, volumes uh, of election evidence have been put together. They've been cataloged. And all of it would clearly hold up in a court of law if we could ever get a case 
case to go before a judge. But it shows how the administration of elections in Wisconsin were severely compromised. Even more than that, I would say that they were likely outright illegal. Certainly the changes that were made to the election system as a result of the pandemic and COVID-19, the the scaring of, of the American people. All of that was out, uh, outright illegal. They didn't make the changes by going through the legislature. I, we had governors all over the nation making unilateral changes to the election system, which in and of itself was illegal. The 2020 presidential election, well, based upon that information, in my opinion, is illegitimate. So Joe Biden, even though he's sitting in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, I don't see him as a legitimate president of the United States, and I don't believe that I'm alone in that assertion. So Rather than looking backwards, maybe pointing fingers, which is what I was just doing, the people who can do something about it are looking forward. They're they're going down various rabbit holes. They're taking a look at what exactly happened and what they can do to ensure that we don't have a repeat of 2020 in 2024. From my estimation, my opinion, this is what needs to be happening in every single state. I know a lot of people are totally focused on fix 2020, but the closer we get to 2024, the less likely it is that we're going to have an overturning of that election. And when you just Take an honest look at it. I just feel like it is a total impossibility now. So I am interested in doing what we can to ensure that the same thing that happened in 2020 doesn't happen again in 2024. So in Wisconsin, they have an all hands on deck approach. Uh, They are bringing uh, many leaders from political parties. Uh, You've got patriots who are citizens of Wisconsin uh, and uh, also people who are involved in the election system. They're coming together to determine uh, what can be done and to make sure that the 10 electoral votes that Wisconsin holds can be legally certified in 2024. So anything short of a full and honest election is going to be seen by the people of Wisconsin and the rest of America as simply another steal. If you remember back in Wisconsin, in uh, an election that was decided by 20,682 votes at nearly four in the morning on November 4th, uh, we have any number of documented pieces of evidence quantifying and qualifying exactly how that steal happened. But more importantly, what has been done since 2020 and what still needs to be done. So the state assembly and Senate leadership teams have strongly indicated they're going to be holding their November 2023 floor session between the week of November 9th and November 14th. The assembly and Senate leadership teams have also indicated they're going to be passing a constitutional amendment, number of proposals, ARJ 76 and SRJ 71. That's in the Assembly and then in the Senate. What is that? Well, that's going to require proof of citizenship in order to vote in Wisconsin elections. Extremely important, especially considering the millions of undocumented illegal aliens that have streamed through the border since Joe Biden moved back into Washington, D.C. This is all going to be done next month. It's almost November right now. These constitutional amendments are going to be placed on the statewide ballot in 2024. And the governor's office is not going to be in a position to veto a joint resolution that is passed for constitutional amendment purposes. 
approximately 5,010 illegal aliens were likely to have participated in the 2020 presidential election. That very likely could have affected the outcome for that election. And if you just think about how many more are there right now, how many more could potentially take part in the 2024 election, it could be catastrophic. So it is, of course, anticipated that the Democrats of Wisconsin are are going to do everything within their power to try to stop this constitutional amendment. They're likely going to sue to make sure that their voters are prepared from or excuse me, prevented from exercising the constitutional privilege that they hold by voting on a constitutional amendment. Democrats, of course, want illegal aliens to vote because uh, as the main proponents of shipping them in, given them benefits, setting them up with illegal jobs, uh, giving them free places to live, essentially plucking them from poverty and telling them to just run buck wild here in America. Those people are going to turn around and they're going to have some form of loyalty to those illegal actions that the Democrats took to get them here. So we also have the Assembly and Senate leadership teams also indicating that they're going to be passing these two additional amendments that are going to be permanently banning permanently banning Mark Zuckerberg's staff. Uh, Also, any money or equipment from ever affecting the outcome of elections and they're interfering with county clerks and the administration of elections. So Mark Zuckerberg's organization with all of the meddling that they did in the 2020 election, they're going to make sure that those people are not going to be able to come back in and do the exact same thing. These constitutional amendments are going to be placed again on statewide ballot in 2024, and it's estimated that between a minimum of 137,551 and 250,000 illegal absentee ballots were illegally deposited. (laughs) Thank you very much to PJ, PJ Nuss, PJ Nuss. Thank you, PJ Nuss. So roughly a quarter of a million ballots, illegal absentee ballots were stuffed into the drop boxes in 2020, paid for by Zuckerberg with True the Votes March of 2022 testimony on geospatial technology. And then, of course, the daily receipts from clerks all across Wisconsin. So we have three vectors, three points of information detailing exactly where those ballots came from, where they went, who dropped them off. It's quite clear that we have a massive problem with the unrestricted use of absentee ballots. So we have to get rid of those. Now, the Wisconsin Supreme Court also outlawed the Zuckerberg illegal absentee ballot drop boxes. There was 573 of them. That is a massive clearinghouse for illegal absentee and mail-in ballots. This was done last summer, July 8th of 2022. And the majority opinion on the court uh, wrote something to the effect of, All Wisconsin voters were harmed and injured by the illegal administration of elections that ultimately resulted in the results of all elections being illegitimate, and that includes the 2020 presidential election. That is a stunning thing, and you never hear that when the left likes to parrot this idea that there have been no court cases that ever were able to make it through, that there was no fraud in the 2020 election, that no judge has ever said that the election of 2020 was illegitimate. Well, the Wisconsin State Supreme Court, in a majority opinion, actually did just that. I want to get that on a T-shirt. I want to put it on business cards so that when I meet people parroting that talking point, I can hand it to them along with the citation and then just watch their brains explode. 
<clears throat> so Democrats have, of course, already sued to try to have the illegal absentee ballot drop boxes reinstated in the hopes that Democrat Janet Protasiewicz will be the tie-breaking vote at the Supreme Court level in Wisconsin. If you'll also go back to September of 2022, a Waukesha County judge ruled that it is illegal for clerks to cure absentee ballots in Wisconsin. And if we go back to 2020, we had nearly 2 million voters who supposedly voted with an absentee ballot. So the Wisconsin Election Commission and their staff were directing clerks to cure absentee ballots in 2020 without the voters' knowledge or consent. Now, The Wisconsin Election Commission, which is itself in a precarious legal position, reports that only 0.002% of those 2 million absentee ballots were rejected in 2020, or as a hard number, 4,270 nationwide. Now, normally in most states, you've got a rejection rate of absentee ballots commonly in the 2 to 3% range. And the Legislative Audit Bureau showed an error rate of nearly 7% in 2021 when they reviewed the administration of some 15,000 absentee ballots from 29 different counties. Of course, Democrats have already sued to eliminate the state statute, which is the requirement to have a witness signature on absentee ballots. Also in Waukesha, County Judge ruled in September of this year that the Wisconsin Election Commission has been using an illegal voter registration form for many years and as a result has banned the use of this form from ever being used again. That's great news. The WEC and the LAB report that nearly 1 million people registered to vote in Wisconsin in 2020, with many of them using this illegal voter registration form. We've also got 467,939 names that have been identified on the voter rolls in Wisconsin since 2021 that have likely moved, that are currently inactive, or are downright questionable registered voters. Maybe they don't even exist. If you'll remember all of the work that was done after 2020 to identify ghost voters, those are people who have addresses that don't exist or don't have private residences there, Uh, perhaps might be a P.O. box with 10, 15, 20 individual names getting their ballots sent in there. And of course, we had approximately 66,000 of these people vote in the 2020 election, according to the Wisconsin Election Commission themselves. So likely that's 66,000 illegal ballots right there. That far surpasses the margin of victory that Joe Biden had in that election. 108,378 names have been removed from the voter rolls in Wisconsin through the four-year voter maintenance program just this year. And 1.1 million names have been removed since 2011. We've also got the return of special voting deputies. These guys are going to be back for the 2024 election cycle. They administer the processing of absentee ballots for long-term care residents. This is a great, great way to make sure that long-term care residents and perhaps people of a reduced mental or physical capacity are not going to be taken advantage of by some of these uh, ballot mules who come in and force them to vote for Joe Biden or whoever the Democrat is going to be. Now, the Office of the Special Counsel, who was appointed by Speaker Robin Voss in 2021, found in their investigatory sampling of 91 of those long-term care facilities, we've spoken about this uh, in detail over the years, 
in Racine, Brown, Dane, Milwaukee, and Kenosha. It showed that there was a 98.8% registered voter turnout for the 3,301 residents of these care facilities. Now, normally, because these people are confined to a care home, the normal turnout is about 1% to 2%. Wisconsin has approximately 1,121 long-term care facilities, which equals 92,000 residents. So if 1% of 92,000 normally voted, and in this most recent election, the ballot mules came in and got 100% or more, 98% of them to vote, my God, that is so many ballots that just otherwise would never have entered the system. And you can bet those ballots were cast for the Democrats in those elections. So you can't forget about the abuse of Wisconsin's indefinitely confined state election law during the COVID-19 pandemic. This has been plugged since the 2020 election by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. They ruled that uh, clerks were prohibited from encouraging anyone to apply for indefinitely confined designation so that they can automatically receive an absentee ballot without having to sign a poll book or to show a voter ID. You may remember that there was a Wisconsin state legislator, a Democrat, who claimed to be indefinitely confined, got her absentee ballot center. I think she claimed her husband was also indefinitely confined, but then was also out of the house running around doing errands like Obviously, there was nothing wrong with her. And as a result of this kind of loophole that they put into place so that absentee ballots would automatically get sent out, uh, it would should surprise nobody that the number of indefinitely confined voters in 2020 exploded. Prior to that, there was about 66,000 ended up being about 267,000, over a quarter of a million people. And probably 220 of those 220,000 of those people actually voted in the 2020 election, according to the Election Commission. Penny says, uh, hey, Zach, in Kentucky, they are sending out forms from the Cabinet for Health and Family Services to guardians of intellectually disabled adults asking us to fill out and send back to CHFS, not the county clerk. Uh, when you say that they're sending out these forms, are, are, they, are they requesting that those people get registered to vote? Are they asking the caregivers of people without the ability to seek the right to vote on their own? Is that what they're trying to do? She said, this would be the first time in my brother's life that this has happened. They know that most of these people aren't able to vote. Well, that's certainly uh, dismaying. Good Lord. All right. So uh, the indefinitely confined law, obviously, that was a bad move in Wisconsin. Great to see it's gone. Uh, we also had a security breach in Wisconsin on the MyVote system, which sent absentee ballots to an address that either isn't occupied by the voter. Uh, and uh, this sent out thousands of postcards, uh, which uh, protected the integrity of absentee ballots uh, in a really negative way. Penny says they want us to fill out the form to vote, and they said they will send it to the clerk. Oh, my good God. That's terrible. Uh, I, I would suggest perhaps calling your uh, – your state house, uh, your state uh, senator, your congressman. That just seems uh, totally unethical. You also had an extra 3.9 million names that were mixed in with the 3.6 million registered electors. 
Uh, and hopefully that's going to be addressed by a judge in December. It's been suspected for a long time that these two buckets of names are potentially being swapped just before an election, and then they swap them back after the election without your average clerk being able to recognize that there has been this change. From Wisconsin Election Commission data, it's shown that all 72 counties will see their voter registration numbers increase at almost the exact same percentage amount just before an election, and then they get reduced by about the same percentage just after the election. This is something that we saw, we documented after the 2020 election happening in a number of different areas, Uh, oftentimes in places where these Democrat non-governmental organizations have been set up to help with uh, voter facilitation. Uh, But really, all they're doing is uh, ensuring that they can cheat and make sure that the will of the people is not served because they've got a bunch of fake names, they've got a bunch of fake voter IDs, they've got a bunch of fake addresses, and they use that to pump up the voter rolls. And then as soon as the election's over, they just take those names out. So there's nothing to cross-reference. Uh, By getting the dark money out of the election in Wisconsin, I think that sets a major precedent. These NGOs and people like Mark Zuckerberg sending their leftist infiltrators into these uh, various states uh, sincerely puts the people and uh, and us, the conservative Americans, at a disadvantage. I've always said that these these are the types of people who are going to fight dirty. And it's really unfortunate, but by fighting outside of the boundaries of ethics, uh, outside of any known set of rules, it's almost like we don't know what to expect and we don't know how to fight against it. I'm so happy to see that in Wisconsin, they have really drilled down to determine exactly what needed to be done and exactly where we need to continue moving. Uh, There was also uh, the issue of smurfing. Uh, Smurfing was a a practice of laundering money through a campaign. Uh, And, of course, by laundering money into a a candidate's campaign, you can basically get them to do whatever you want. Uh, You've also got 13 counties with 37 communities that use central count to process absentee ballots on the day of the election. Now, the central count of Milwaukee has long been the source and suspicion uh, of, uh, of of holding back on the tabulation of absentee ballots until all the statewide precincts have reported. Now, this would give them the opportunity to fully account for how many ballots they need to inject into the system so they know what proportion they need to win by in every single county, every single precinct. We also had emails from Mark Zuckerberg's group to the to the Milwaukee elections clerk back in 2020, congratulating them for something to the effect of knowing exactly how ballots were how many ballots were needed at midnight before actually reporting the results. So clearly there are people working within the Wisconsin election system that were also working hand in glove with Mark Zuckerberg's group with probably a a number of other Uh, non-governmental organizations as well, helping them to make sure that the steel was in. And then, of course, we've got more phantom voters who are embedded in one of Wisconsin's election system, WISVOTE. There is an ongoing effort to identify those suspected phantom voters and get them out of the system before the 2024 election. Uh, And then finally, there is also Project 5.4. This is a collaborative effort to identify as many communities as possible all throughout the state who may be willing to join the other communities throughout the state that are currently not using 
electronic voting machines or tabulators to process the ballots. There are 190 cities, 407 villages, and 1,255 towns that are taking advantage of a reduced system which allows for simplicity and gets rid of the electronics uh, involved in the process. If they're able to fully implement the system and completely eliminate any of the security concerns that a lot of people have about electronic voting machines, Wi-Fi's, modems, uh, source code that we can't uh, uh, observe or identify, uh, or any of the other electronic tricks that they like to use to make sure that they steal the elections, I think that people would feel really, really good about it. I, I would absolutely love it if Wisconsin became the first state in the nation to go back 100% to paper votes and paper counting. So uh, we're going to go ahead and leave it there. And uh, big ups to everybody working hard there in Wisconsin to ensure that our election system remains safe and secure. Let me say thank you to Filter Dog One, who says they didn't steal the election, they fortified it. Yeah, it's all semantics, isn't it, Filter Dog? Oh, you guys remember when that article came out? I just I couldn't even believe it how bold those people were. You know, one man's theft is uh, an, another man's charity, I suppose, uh, and one man's election crimes is another man's election fortification. Clearly, they were stealing the election. All right, so this actually came out yesterday, and I meant to talk about it very early on, so I wanted to make sure I placed it at the front end of the show. But General Flynn was speaking with Joy Thayer from Spiro Pictures. Her her husband uh, has been on the show before. He's the guy who made that uh, great documentary uh, called The Trump I Know. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend watching it. He also did uh, that series uh, with Clay Clark. The, I believe it was The Great Reawakening. That was a, a great series as well. But he, he had this conversation with Joy, and uh, he pulled no punches in talking about the corrupt nature of our political system, and he specifically called out legislators for being blackmailed because they were caught having sex with children. Take a listen to this. He's going to get a lot of heat for this, uh, or they may just ignore it so that they don't have to admit that it's true. We, we, have, right. the House of Rep- we have the House of Representatives right now is totally completely broken and they're totally owned by the corporate uh, lobbyists and frankly by the globalists who own many of these people because they've been compromised by by uh, on their some of these what they call codel trips overseas where these uh, members of of, uh, both the house and the senate get compromised by sleeping with children and they Mm -hmm. and they're and they and they compromise and these are real things these are very real things they or they get they they uh they get them caught up in in the world of uh, of big big bucks, big money. We- I mean, he's not wrong. General Flynn bringing the truth. This is something we've been talking about on this channel for a very very long time. They don't want us to know the truth. They don't want us to talk about it. They don't want to admit it, likely because they are pedophiles, and the ones who aren't pedophiles compromise the pedophiles so that they can use them to get done what they want to get done. They'll be happy when the entire world is full of pedophiles, when the the social taboos between adults and children having sex have been totally broken down. That's the world they want. That's the world that I'm fighting to make sure never arrives. 
because you simply cannot have a functioning society that looks the other way when adults are raping children, because those children are going to grow up and they are going to be severely psychologically damaged. You'll have this pattern of abuse taking place over and over and over again. And these people, the ones who are compromised, who willingly engage in this type of behavior, they deserve a noose. They deserve the worst possible punishment, and I can't think of anything worse than death at the end of a rope. So I want to just say, I'm all, that's awesome, General Flynn. I'm really glad that you said that. It takes a lot of courage to say that when you have a platform the size of yours. Uh, this is, a, this is a, an uncomfortable truth that we have to focus on, that we have to never lose sight of. Because they would rather that we just forget, oh, Pizzagate was a myth. Pizzagate was a conspiracy theory. Oh, what are you, Hillary Clinton's basement, frazzle drip. That's all that they're going to say. They're, they're making fun of us for trying to draw attention to people victimizing children. Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the U.S. government is complicit in the trafficking of children, and they have been for a very long time. And it's not just the U.S. government. It's not everyone, but it's enough. It's enough powerful people who know exactly what the hell they're doing, and they do it with reckless abandon. I'm sure you guys know about the finders. I don't know if John and I have talked about that on Baseless Conspiracies, but we will at some point in the future. But this is an issue that we cannot afford to sit back on. I know that there is so much going on, but the victimization of children, I believe, should always be paramount among the issues that we are paying attention to and covering. So, again, I just want to applaud General Flynn. Thank you so much, General. All right, guys, before we continue on, I need to give a big shout out to the sponsors of the second portion of the program. Uh, first of all, that's going to be my friends at onenessdrops.com. Oneness Drops, of course, is the provider of chlorine dioxide water purification kits, which you can get by hitting the link in the description box below. But when you go to onenessdrops.com, make sure that you use code RP78 to get 15% off your order. When you get 15% off your order, you'll get 15% off every single order that you place with Oneness Drops. And to have chlorine dioxide kits on hand is just the smart thing because it will allow you to make clean, potable, safe-to-drink drinking water. And you won't have to worry if the ish hits the fan because I feel like we're getting closer and closer to it every day. I mean... As an example, take uh, the situation in, in, in Gaza right now, okay? Not making a value judgment about either the Israelis or the, uh, uh, the, the Gazans, the Palestinians. Um, but those people, they don't have clean water. They've had their water completely shut off. Where are they going to get water? Are they recycling water? I mean, they don't have a water purification plant, I would imagine. But if they can get water, say, from rainwater, if they could... If they used chlorine dioxide, they would be able to make it safe to drink. Uh, S18, love you too. Love you too, S18. Thank you so much. So have this in your go bag. Keep it in your medicine cabinet. Throw it in your car. Have it in uh, your camping kit, whatever it might be. Onenessdrops.com. Use code RP78. Save 15% off. And, of course, 
Mike Lindell at MyPillow.com. Use code RP78 to save up to 80% off every single one of Mike's incredible American-made products. Uh, They are really coming hard after Mike Lindell because he spent more money than anybody else that I've ever known trying to save the elections here in America and prove that they are fraudulent. And Mike has suffered greatly. They want to destroy him. They're trying to bankrupt him. They're trying to take away his company. They're trying to send him back uh, out into the world. Uh, probably you know, they, they're hoping that he's going to uh, do a Hunter Biden and uh, end up uh, uh, falling off the wagon. But that's not Mike. So please, when you go to MyPillow.com to get the Giza Dream Sheets, uh, the bathrobes, the towels, the beach towels, the my pillows, the mattress toppers, the mattresses themselves, whatever it might be. Use code RP78 and you can save up to 80% off. All right. And uh, although there isn't a special deal right now on the three-month supply of food, uh, you should make sure that you have on hand My Patriot Supply by going to preparewithredpill78.com. You can get the three-month supply of food to have on hand. These are meals that are over 2,000 calories a day. 22 different varieties of food with a 25-year shelf life, uh, over 120 pounds of food. It is delivered fast and free to your door. Uh, definitely head up the link, prepare with redpill78.com. Thank you very much to everybody who is also supporting the show uh, in the chat. I appreciate it. Uh, Thick Ray says, yes, sir, you're absolutely right. Hashtag the truth is loose. Thank you so much, Ray. Uh, appreciate you being here. All right, so thanks again, General Flynn. Appreciate you uh, speaking out on this very important topic. All right, so now that we've had a little bit of uh, our, uh, our 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 palate satiated for a couple of different subjects, I want to get right in to the filet mignon of tonight's program. 82,000 pages of emails that Joe Biden either sent or received on three private pseudonym accounts. All of these emails were illicit business deals with foreign officials. This is coming from the National Archives. They had previously confirmed through a FOIA request that they found 5,138 email messages along with 25 electronic files that they could attribute to Joseph Biden's pseudonym accounts. That would be robinware456 at gmail.com, jrbware at gmail.com, and Robert L. Peters at pci.gov. So, although they identified them, they definitely did not want to turn them over to the people who had been seeking them. They actually missed the deadline to hand over these requested documents. So, the archives then said it had located 82,000 pages of emails that Vice President Biden, because this is when he was vice president, had sent or received on these three separate private pseudonym accounts to conduct these illicit business deals with foreign nationals. Now, the National Archives was forced to search for Joe Biden's pseudonym emails in response to that original FOIA lawsuit that was filed by Southern Legal Foundation. They happen to be a nonprofit conservative law firm. NARA has completed a search for potentially responsive documents and is currently processing these documents for the purpose of producing non-exempt portions of any responsive records on a monthly rolling basis. 
This is coming from the National Archives, a report that they put out. Given the scope of the plaintiff's FOIA request, which seeks copies of all emails in three separate accounts over an eight-year period, the volume of potentially responsive records is necessarily large. Well, it may be large, but I'll tell you what, it shouldn't be, because as vice president of the United States, subject to uh, federal record-keeping laws, Joe Biden never should have been using pseudonym emails doing illicit business deals with foreign nationals as he sat in the White House directly paying, being paid for changes to U.S. policy. Andre says, awesome stream as always, Zach. Mike Lindell is a real patriot. Much love. Much love to you too, Andre. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you. So 82,000 pages. Uh, I wonder how long it's going to be before we see them. I think obviously they are slow rolling these things. However, the longer it takes for them to get them out, the closer it gets to 2024. And I believe the more damaging it will be to Joe Biden's campaign. Ultimately, not that he needs any help. Let's be really clear here. Joe Biden is deep sixing his own legacy and his own presidential campaign. But this is certainly going to assist not only us, but him in his mission to destroy himself. So Just the News reported on this initially, and they said that Biden's private email scandal, it looks like it's going to dwarf Hillary Clinton's own private bathroom email server scandal, where she had special access program intelligence that was supposed to remain in a skiff that somehow made its way into her private bathroom email server, which also happened to be accessed by the Chinese and a number of other foreign spy agencies. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what these 82,000 pages of emails are, because if Joe Biden was communicating openly about these business deals when he shouldn't be on these email accounts that had no direct connection to his name, uh, it's quite likely that he did or said something that could be incriminating. Uh, sorry, bud, but the cabal's minimum for conviction is no less than 83,000 pages. So now we wait. Yeah, no, I I understand. For me, this is not so much about uh, Joe Biden being convicted. I think that the only way we're, we're going to get justice or a conviction of any kind is going to be if Joe Biden is not the one who's in the White House. That's going to have to be President Trump, a new Justice Department, probably a revamped, completely gutted FBI uh, and uh, a number of other federal agencies that have just been removed from circulation. Until that time, for me, and I believe as it should be for the rest of the country, it's all about the dissemination of information because – at the end of the day, how many times have we said this? We are in the midst of an information war, five, 5G warfare, okay? We are pushing the information out to the public. The public consumes it, and then they make up their own mind on what's happening in the world. Do they continue to listen to the propaganda being spewed by the mainstream media coming directly from the mouthpiece of the administration, or do they start doing their own research and looking into the things that we've been saying in the independent media for years at this point? So 
the legal pressure the National Archives is feeling right now is probably rivaling the political and authoritarian pressure coming from Joe Biden's handlers. There's no way they want these 82,000 emails to get out. But it is in the interest of America. It's in the interest of the people of this nation to see these emails. Uh, So the total of Biden's private email exchanges was just disclosed yesterday uh, in a uh, report that was released by NARA. Of course, they didn't want to make a lot of fanfare about it, but the Southeastern Legal Foundation had brought this suit after seeking access to these emails that just the news had actually revealed a year ago. Uh, And all three of these emails Uh, likely are going to include communications with high-level people in the Biden regime as well, in addition to communications with Joe Biden's own family members. Now, just going back to Hillary Clinton's email, uh, while she was the uh, head of the Department of State, Secretary of State, from 2009 to 2013, she also ran a FOIA avoidance scheme and an influence peddling scheme. It was Judicial Watch who blew the lid on Hillary Clinton's use of that private server after they sued for communications and records related to the tragedy that took place at Benghazi, the terror attack, which in my opinion was probably orchestrated by our our own State Department and elements in their network that left four Americans dead. Uh, Hillary had transmitted classified information over her private server. That included outing the name of a clandestine CIA agent. And if you'll also remember, every single CIA asset or agent in China was also revealed as a result of Hillary Clinton's private email server. And unlike the investigations into President Trump, the FBI investigated the use of that server. Uh, They said that uh, no, no, I guess no normal prosecutor would actually bring charges. And to this day, Hillary Clinton has never paid the price. It's a very different scenario with the way the FBI treats President Trump and his family and how they treated the the Bidens, uh, the Clintons, the Obamas. And Ron Johnson had the opportunity to tell Christopher Ray exactly what he thought of him in a open door session of a Senate hearing. Uh, K- California Kimber 1966 healing prayers needed family of being released from the hospital this evening to finish treatment at home. Love to all Nana K. Oh yeah. Nana K. Definitely. We will be giving our prayers and keeping you in them. Uh, are, are you, are you okay? I don't know what is actually going on. Hello, Zach, Tom from Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's snowing. Hey, what's up, Tom? <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. Um, yeah, so Nana Kay, I, I hope everything's all right. If you want to, um, if you want to send me an email and let me know how you're doing and, or give me any more info and, and anything I can do to help, I, I'm, I'll be happy to. So it's always a good day for me when Christopher Ray gets his ass handed to him. It's always a good day for me when any of these corrupt Washington bureaucrats are called to account and made to answer for the actions they've taken, for the cover-ups they've engaged in. And Republican Senator Ron Johnson, who also just happens to be from Wisconsin, took Christopher Wray to the mat over the FBI's handling of the Hunter Biden investigation. So it started with Johnson reading excerpts of the letter that Senator Chuck Grassley had written to Christopher Wray and Merrick Garland 
And in that letter, he had alleged that the FBI engaged in political bias uh, related to the investigation. I, I don't know any other way that you can characterize the actions the FBI took. This is the same sort of political bias that James Comey's FBI took with Hillary Clinton and her espionage that she engaged in while she was secretary of state. So Ron said, the problem I have is I simply cannot trust what the FBI is providing me. And I don't say that with any joy in my heart. That's a travesty. The American people want to believe and have trust in the FBI. Oh, sure. That would be beautiful, right? If only we could trust the premier investigative law enforcement agency of the nation was actually going to investigate crimes committed by real criminals. I'll tell you what, Washington, D.C. is full of them, guys. There's all kinds of criminals that we see on a daily basis. Only you're more worried about MAGA grandmas. You're more worried about kids in red hats than you are with actual terrorists, uh, BLM, agitators, communists. Those are the people you need to be paying attention to. But more than anything, you need to be paying attention to the public corruption that rests its hat in Washington, D.C. Johnson continues, we want credibility integrity restored to the institution. But Director Ray, you have not done that since assuming office. And I can go through a long laundry list of the reasons why that trust has been violated. I don't have it right now. And Christopher Ray responded, I'm happy to sit down and meet with you and go over these things in detail. But I would say, because of me, what can we do to restore trust? Start being transparent. I'm sorry, this is actually uh, Ron Johnson speaking. I'm sorry. So Ray, of course, took issue with Johnson's characterization, the claim regarding the public's distrust of the agency. Let me just take a vote. Give me a one in the chat if you don't trust the FBI. Give me a two in the chat if you do trust the FBI. I want to see if anybody out there actually trusts in the actions of the FBI, because I don't. I'll start it out here, guys. I'm going to start it out with a one. There you go. Going to do this over on the foxhole, too. Give me a one if you don't trust the FBI. Give me a two if you do trust the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that, guys. You can see that on screen right now. I'll tell you what. Yeah, of course, we, we want to trust our institutions. You know, conservatives largely did trust the institutions of the federal government. But as a result of what happened during the Obama administration, what they did to Trump, and now it's happening under the Biden regime, it's quite clear that there is no such thing as trust, that it's not just the FBI. There is a rot, a cancer in Washington, D.C., that's infected the government of the United States of America. So Ray disputed Johnson's assertion that the people don't trust him. But as you can see, there is nobody here. No, no, ZBM, a two is if you do trust them. So but it's OK. I know that. It's, I know what you mean. Uh, arguing that there's been a large increase in those applying to be special agents. Who in the hell is applying to be a special agent? People who want an authoritarian bent to the American government? People who want to put their boots on the back of patriotic Americans' necks? I mean, that, that wouldn't surprise me. 
the CIA, <laughs> they've got a whole bunch of double agents. They're probably sending them right into the doors of the FBI. They're probably also sending people straight out of, of, uh, of college that are communists to join the FBI so that they can turn around and arrest MAGA grandmas. He said the agency carries itself with integrity and professionalism as well as selflessness and rigor. Excuse me. I, I don't want to lose my shit on the air, uh, but I find it really, really difficult to take either of those statements seriously. Andre says the Federal Bureau of Imbeciles don't trust them as far as I can throw them. And I can't. Maybe I can't throw very far. Oh. Mm. Johnson says, Ray said, I do not accept the characterization of our performance in this particular case. That's not how I characterized it, Johnson said. I'm talking about partisanship at the top with some specific partisan actors. I said the vast majority of the 33,000 are people with integrity. I know there's good men and women at the FBI. And when I, when I criticize the FBI, I'm criticizing the institution. It's obvious that there are people there who are uncomfortable about what's happening. But the problem is they open their mouths and they get punished for it. They get removed from their positions. They get sent down to the mail room or, or the filing room. They're not allowed to be the ones on the front lines. Those ones on the front lines are the ones who did exactly what those corrupt bureaucrats wanted them to do. So they get rewarded with the top tier positions. They get rewarded with bonuses. They get rewarded with big salaries and probably all kinds of benefits. Johnson continues, as the the idea that I, as a Republican appointee, I'm a lifelong Republican, am biased in the way that you are describing makes absolutely no sense. I don't care what's next to your name, Christopher Ray. You know a man by his actions, not by his words, not by the letter that's next to his name. We've seen exactly the way you have carried yourself as the director of the FBI. We've seen the direction that you've taken the FBI in, and it is partisanship at its finest. You may be partisan and a Republican at the same time. Just because you have a Republican uh, uh, ballot that you receive in the mail does not mean that you're a patriot. I'm happy to read your chapter and verse of all the reasons why that credibility has been destroyed, Johnson concluded. Of course, don't forget, we had a number of FBI whistleblowers. Well, excuse me, IRS whistleblowers. They were part of the Hunter Biden investigation. They stated that the DOJ slow walked the criminal investigation into Hunter Biden. What else would you expect? This is the reigning ruling regime sitting in Washington, D.C. right now. Of course, the son of the president the son of a Democrat president is not going to find himself getting in too much trouble. In Grassley's letter to Ray and Merrick Garland in July of 2022, demanding information about whistleblower allegations, which claimed that the FBI downplayed Hunter's criminal, financial, and related activity ahead of the 2020 uh, election, uh, the FBI has really had little to say about it. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't hear anybody uh, confronting Christopher Ray about the 40 plus, 40 plus confidential human sources whose stories were buried, buried by the Washington, D.C. field office. Remember, Washington, D.C. has cancer. 
There are many good men and women working in field offices all over the nation. But unfortunately, the head of the snake is where we got a problem. Rand Paul also took it to Christopher Ray, <laughs> asking him about the Twitter files. This is a good one. So he confronted Christopher Ray on whether or not the FBI paid Twitter, as we know they did, roughly $3 million for content moderation. This was before the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. And Rand Paul pressed Christopher Ray on Twitter files documents that appeared to show that the FBI was paying Twitter almost $4 million, $3.5 million to censor speech. Let's, I'm just going to go ahead and play the clip on this one because I, I really like Rand Paul. Okay, and there's no audios. Okay, that's fine. Thank you so much to Genesippe. Good to see you, hon. Uh, good dog 45 says, keep up the great work. Longtime listener, mostly look good dog. I know your name, brother. Thank you for being here. All right, here we go. Trey, did the FBA, FBI pay Twitter money to moderate uh, content moderation? I'm not aware of us paying money to moderate content there or anywhere what else. The, what was the $3 million for that the FBI gave that's been revealed in Twitter files, which has been characterized by those writing the Twitter files as payment for content moderation? Basically, they said Twitter, you know, you guys were meet with them all the time. and You had them taking down so many posts. They said, well, gosh, it's a lot of work. Why don't you pay us? And so you did. You paid them $3 million. Are you aware of the payment? I'm not aware of that specific payment, but I can tell you that when it comes to payments, uh, going back well over four decades, when we are required by federal law, when a company, like in this instance a provider, uh, goes through expenses to produce information, uh, we're required to reimburse them for those expenses. Okay. Do you see what he did there? That may be federal law. If the federal government puts undue burden on a company to produce information related to an investigation or a case, that's one thing. But what the FBI did with Twitter was send names and platforms and handles of people that were producing speech they didn't like. This is not the same thing as the federal government getting a bill from a private company to provide work product for them to use in an investigation. If anything, <laughs> this is for the FBI paying Twitter to remove information from their platform <laughs> that could be used in investigation by somebody like us. <laughs> I can't believe the balls on Christopher Ray. Cannot believe it. So, Paul also confronted Ray on the FBI's meetings with social media companies. Totally different thing uh, than having them produce information for an investigation. Uh, and what were those meetings about? If you remember from the Twitter files, uh, they were talking about constitutionally protected speech that was suppressed by Twitter at the behest of the FBI as documented in the Twitter files. It was a roadmap for how the FBI coordinated with Twitter ahead of the 2020 election, resulting in the censorship of not only the New York Post's Hunter Biden coverage, my coverage of the Hunter Biden laptop. that I had my account deleted a week after that story came out. The Twitter files uh, are probably one of the most revelatory, revelational Stories to come out in the last couple of years because it blew 
the lid off of that that public private partnership the 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 security state the deep state of the United States government working hand in glove with a private company to suppress constitutionally protected speech of average everyday american citizens why because they wanted didn't want donald trump to win again they didn't want anybody to know the truth of the biden crime family and so they shut my voice down they shut your voices down and christopher ray man uh that is a a gross mischaracterization of what actually happened uh, i certainly hope that they bring him back and actually talk to him about this stuff <laughs> Yes, election interference, Friday Girl says, via suppression of free speech on social media. Yes. Ray is a good man. Brian, are you serious? <laughs> I can't tell if that's a joke or not. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> you're a comedian. Look at that. All right. So uh, after the, the tragic events, of last week or maybe it was just the week before i don't even know man it's been such a crazy time here um ray and the fbi committed treason elize jane says when they came after everyday americans they committed treason when they shat all over our constitutional rights they committed treason against the constitution the country the people they're supposed to be protecting when they covered up public corruption schemes of powerful politicians, Democrat or Republican. As far as I'm concerned, this is not a partisan issue. This is an issue of ethics and morality in government. And when your government is amoral, when they are antithetical to your ethical position, well, you can't trust it. I have zero trust in anything the federal government does or says at this point. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay so anyways we ha- we almost had another mass shooter uh this one is really weird okay so in colorado you've got this uh this amusement park all right now the amusement park was closed and in the morning workers came in i guess you know they got to go through and make sure everything's cleaned up and th- that nobody's there or anything like that well there was this guy in the bathroom and he was dead All right. He was loaded up with guns, both real and fake. He was loaded up with ammo and mags, and he had both real and fake explosives. He was also, I guess, dressed like law enforcement, and he was wearing body armor. And he wrote a note on the wall, like scrawled on the the door of the bathroom. He said, I am not a killer, but there's more to that message. So turns out it was a 20-year-old man. It's been reported as a 20-year-old man. They've given his name, but he doesn't have any sort of internet presence. Let me ask you guys a question. How often do you come across a modern-day 20-year-old individual, male or female, who doesn't have a large internet presence, basically documenting the entirety of their life? Uh, Well, this is one of them. This is the first one I've ever seen. So the the staff at Glenwood Caverns Adventure Park were 
going through, doing their morning checks, and they found this dead guy in the bathroom. And he had written on the wall uh, of this uh, park in the middle of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado, I am not a killer. I just wanted to get into the caves. There were other things that allegedly were written as well, but the sheriff couldn't make out what they said, or perhaps they didn't want to tell the public what he actually wrote. So it looks like this is a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, The sheriff of Garfield County said, there's much more we do not know right now than we do know. It seems to be a big mystery. How did he get into the park? The only way to get into the park is to take a gondola from, uh, I guess, the entrance into the park itself. So, and that's, I guess, likely because it's in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. So it's kind of a mystery as to how he got there. It doesn't seem plausible that he'd be able to sneak in with an AR and a number of handguns and fake grenades strapped to his chest and real improvised explosive devices. But they are billing it as a a major catastrophe having been averted. We had the potential for something very heinous and gruesome to happen in this community. Also, why would he sneak in to the park with all of those weapons? I mean, looking like another crazed mass shooter and not uh, and, and then right on the wall. I'm not a killer. His name. He also appears to be a Hispanic gentleman, a young Hispanic man, because his name is Diego Barajas Medina. And when you search for Diego Barajas Medina, there is nothing that comes up online. So near where the bodies near where the body was discovered, investigators found fake hand grenades and I guess a real pipe bomb. Uh, And then there was another fake improvised explosive device that he left in his car. Uh, And then another package that they claim was also explosive. There was a handgun located next to his body. The rifle was found on the sink counter. uh, And the park uh, is listed as a thrill ride for people to explore. There's caves. There's rides. uh, There is uh, caves that extend 16,000 feet. I, I, I just I have a lot of questions. If he didn't want to kill anybody, why bring all the guns? If he wanted to see the caves, why didn't he go into the caves? I mean, did he shoot himself because he forgot the flashlight? I mean, he was there at night. It just seems uh, a little odd. So it is it's sad. It's tragic. If this guy really exists, then uh, you would think that they would publish a picture of him. But again, He's a Hispanic gentleman, so I don't think that they're going to produce a picture. So let's let's just see if anything has popped up since I was digging on this yesterday. Diego Barajas Medina. All right. And nope. Mm. We do have a picture. Here we go. Let's see. The body of Diego Barajas Medina, 20, was found inside the bathroom park. I hate to be the one to ask, but how many times did he shoot himself in the head? <laughs> it's definitely something I thought of, too. But they uh, they haven't released that specific information. So, yeah, he, they say he was dressed in black colored tactical clothing, bearing patches and emblems that gave the appearance of being associated with law enforcement. He, oh, he also had a ballistic helmet as well. Um, 
Yeah, it just I, – I feel like what we likely have here is another sort of MK Ultra type situation. And perhaps uh, before he did anything stupid, um, he was able to overcome his programming just long enough uh, to take himself out. That is the only place where a picture exists of this kid. Uh, it's kind of crazy that they're not posting any pictures of him. I'm going to save that. That looks like almost a screenshot from a computer profile. Like that's a, a school photo. And maybe it's from a yearbook or something like that. But yeah, very strange. Very, very strange. All right. Well, rest in peace, Diego. We barely knew you. All right, so real quick, we have new details in the death of Matthew Perry. Now, as I said yesterday, the mainstream media is eager to pin this on drugs or alcohol. Obviously, an autopsy is still pending. I believe that Matthew Perry was likely vaxxed to the gills, uh, having gotten his first and second Pfizer shots and then probably a series of boosters. He was selling a T-shirt that said, could I be any more vaccinated? Um, some strange things. He posted last post from his hot tub talking about how good the hot tub felt. And then his assistant was there with him. He sent the assistant out to get something. When the assistant came back, he was dead below the water in the hot tub. And the insinuation by the mainstream media was that he died of a drug overdose he struggled with drugs and alcohol, so therefore he must have passed out uh, and then slipped beneath the water in the hot tub. Now, there were no drugs or alcohol found at Matthew Perry's home. Uh, the real question is, did he have any drugs or alcohol in his system? I tend to think that he will not. Uh, what they're going to find likely is that he had heart damage as a result of the genetic modification therapies that he took in the guise of a vaccine to keep him safe from COVID-19. On the day of his death, he played two hours of pickleball, which is a strain on his heart. And then he came home he sent his assistant out to get the stuff that he needed, and it was around 4 p.m. that he was discovered. Uh, while they were there, they called the firefighters and the uh, the uh, EMTs. There was a bystander, uh, maybe a neighbor, who pulled his head out of the water, got him to the edge, and then the firefighters are the ones who removed him from the water. Uh, autopsy is pending. Uh, that was likely going to be performed uh, today. Toxicology reports are also pending. So as soon as we get that information, we'll go ahead and bring it up. Uh, also, his ex-fiance is speaking out. Uh, and uh, it looks like she's not a fan. Uh, she, being uh, Molly Hurwitz, uh, had some words that she wrote online uh, about the late actor. This was in an Instagram post. Uh, she shared her love and adoration for Perry, as well as a snippet of how happy he was when he rewatched his work on Friends. However, she also had some less favorable things to say. Uh, being with him as he rediscovered his brilliance was magical, but I obviously knew the man in a very different way, too. While I loved him deeper than I could comprehend, he was complicated and he caused pain like I'd never known, likely having to do with his use of drugs and alcohol. They were engaged from 2018 to 2021. 
Uh, and uh, that's basically it. So rest in peace. And uh, hopefully nobody else ends up dying from these clot shots. But I, I sincerely doubt it. Coyote Patriot, the assistant stepped out to get him another booster. <laughs> yeah, uh, Do me a favor, run up to CVS and get me that latest CV-19 flu shot combo. We'll try that uh, together tonight. Oh, uh, you guys, and look at this. Police in Washington, D.C. just killed another young black man for absolutely no reason. Look, it says he's smart and talented. 13-year-old boy, gunned down while trying to carjack a police officer. (laughs) Oh my God. Of all the stupid things you could do, this is a 13-year-old young man in Washington, D.C. I'm not describing him as smart and talented, and certainly trying to carjack an off-duty police officer doesn't seem that smart, and it shows that you're obviously not that talented. Um, But he and an associate, well, first of all, this kid's name is Bernard Tony Jr. He lives in or lived in southeast D.C. Uh, He was shot and killed in the 600 block of D Street Northwest near 7th Street. The Metropolitan Police Department said he was taken to the hospital in critical condition and then he died from his injuries later on. Now, police involved say that the victim, the off-duty cop, was sitting in his white Toyota Highlander when Tony and another youth ordered him to get out of his vehicle. Uh, One of the children was holding his hand in his front waistband pocket as if he had a gun. We're not certain if he actually did. However, you F around and you're going to find out, especially when you're dealing with an off-duty cop. Uh, who is carrying in a responsible manner. So the officer grabbed his gun. He fatally shot this kid, Tony, in self-defense. And the other one ran away, likely because he didn't want to end up in the same circumstance as his boy. He was a seventh grade student at Kelly Miller Middle School in Northeast D.C. And the principal wrote a letter to families calling him smart, funny, and talented. Really, although I joke, this is a tragic tale because the 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 wave of criminality that you see in today's youth and in Democrat-run strongholds like Washington, D.C., is the fault of the politicians and the institutions in those areas that are supposed to be showing these young men and women how to be productive members of society. What chance does a kid like Tony have when the people he's looking up to are probably telling him nothing about how he's supposed to act in the real world? He must have been growing up in a circumstance which suggested that carjacking somebody was totally fine. I don't know what the race is of the off-duty police officer, uh, but it could have been anybody. And this young man is never going to have the opportunity to grow up and be a functioning member of society. Uh, His friend who ran away, he does. He's got the opportunity to change and become the type of man that God intended for him to be. Is he going to do that, though? Or is he just going to turn around and continue trying to carjack innocent people sitting there waiting to go home from work? They described him as having a natural comedic ability, loved to make people laugh, especially when he would joke that he was the principal of Kelly Miller Middle School. Bernard also loved to play basketball and spend his free time on the court with his friends. If he would have spent more time on the court, 
he wouldn't have been in a spot to carjack. Now, the real tragedy here would be if the friend who ran away was the one who perhaps urged this young man to do something like this. We don't know who planned it. We don't know who plotted it. And we won't know until they catch up with that kid. But it looks like this was not his first run-in with the law. Turns out he was arrested back in May in connection with a number of armed carjackings in Southeast D.C. So he had a penchant for stealing people's cars at gunpoint. So the police officer probably did the right thing in protecting himself uh, to make sure that he didn't get shot. So it's unknown at this point what happened, considering the fact that it's Washington, D.C. They probably just closed the book and allowed the young lad to go about his business, which gave him the impression that carjacking at gunpoint is a totally acceptable thing to do. Crime, of course, has skyrocketed in Washington, D.C. because of the city council's decision to weaken their stance on crime, to pacify the radical leftists of Washington, D.C., and, of course, the deep state itself. In D.C., right now, 827 carjackings have occurred this year alone. Out of that, 74% of them used firearms. The moral of the story is if you have to drive in D.C., you ought to be strapped. So it's really unfortunate the position that they're putting our youth in. It's really unfortunate the destruction that they are engaging in all across America from sea to shining sea, from the East Coast to the West Coast. You might remember this woman right here. She is a Soros-backed district attorney who is also soft on crime. She recently was the victim of a car burglary, and it looks like her laptop was stolen. So <laughs> what's really funny is that everybody knows her. Everybody knows her stance on crime. Uh, and so what is the first thing she did? Well, she called the cops. She called the cops to come get her stolen laptop back. Uh, and uh, it also occurred while she was in the midst of a, <clears throat> a community meeting. She called the police to report the theft, and then no cops showed up. So she was forced to file a report online. I tend to believe that that was a very purposeful message that the police were sending to her. Because obviously she's not prosecuting the criminals who are destroying the city of Oakland. So the police probably said, we're going to let you get a taste of your own medicine. It reminds me of the Chicago district attorney who just had his car carjacked as he and his elderly mother were getting into it. They were also robbed at gunpoint. God, it's just delicious, isn't it? <clears throat> so multiple sources tell ABC 7 News that Alameda County District Attorney Pamela Price's work laptop, ooh, it's got confidential uh, uh, county information on it. Was stolen during a car burglary outside of a family justice center in Oakland on Friday afternoon. Uh, probably a police-free zone, let's be honest. Uh, so sources say the DA was told to go online and make a report if she didn't want to wait for an officer to arrive. On Saturday, the Oakland Police Department confirmed the burglary in the area, saying in a statement to ABC7... Officers learned that multiple individuals broke into a vehicle, took several items, and then fled the area in a vehicle with the loot. That's what you call karma. Turnabout is fair play. 
And uh, I hope that um, she continues to remain the victim of her own policies. All right. Things are bad in Ukraine. I'm just going to skip over this stuff. This this is a little more important here. So obviously, we've been talking about the possibility of World War III here recently. I think it's a real, real distinct possibility. Not saying it's actually going to happen. But I think the threat of World War III is an excellent motivator for people to find their brains and to stop going around and doing stupid things. Just like the uh, the threat of uh, your friend being murdered in front of you – well, not murdered, but being killed in front of you uh, – ought to be enough for that other young man to never carjack ever again. You F around, you find out. Quit effing around. Because you're going to find out. It may not be this time. It may not be next time. But one of these days, you're going to get into another car that's driven by an off-duty police officer who knows exactly how to use that weapon. So yesterday, the Biden regime announced uh, that we have a brand new nuclear weapon. Yay! It's 20 times more powerful than the one that we dropped on Hiroshima. And of course, this is coming just days after China has announced that they are doubling their own nuclear warhead stockpile by 2030. I just love it. The threat of mutually assured destruction. It's, It's great for the nation. So Joe Biden has announced the plans to develop this brand new nuclear weapon. And this is coming uh, probably as a result of China suggesting that they're going to be doubling their own capacity. Currently, they've got about 500 nuclear warheads. So they're going to be bumping up that number to 1,000. This is also coming at a time when Russia is still engaged in a bitter war with Ukraine uh, as uh, various nations are picking sides in the Middle East. And we've been told directly that if we get involved, well, other nations are going to declare war on us. And guess what? We have just had the Yemeni Air Force or excuse me, the Yemeni government officially declare war on Israel. They're planning to launch a large scale ballistic and drone strike on the nation. And this was announced by Brigadier General Yahya Sari. He's the spokesperson for the Yemeni Armed Forces and also the spokesperson for the Iranian-backed Houthi rebels, which reside in Yemen. And he announced that they have launched massive military strikes against Israeli targets in these occupied territories. Now, this is, of course, in response to IDF missile strikes, uh, where they have been taking out blocks of apartment buildings in Gaza. Uh, And uh, it's, again, a tit for tat. We're going to see this happening. It's going to get larger. And uh, unless somebody decides that, you know, we're going to stop killing each other, it's just going to keep happening. And in fact, on that note, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu just made a public pronouncement that Israel will not yield to terror. He's rejected a truce with Hamas. He had an opportunity to stop killing, of course. Why would he want to stop killing? They want to get rid of the Palestinians. The the Israeli government wants to get rid of the Palestinians, <clears throat> the Gazans, the West Bankers, whatever they are. So he rejected a ceasefire. And uh, unfortunately, that's going to result in more deaths. Now, the thing that's tragic about Gaza is that, as I said, even before this began popping off, Uh, is that all it is is a bunch of apartment buildings, people piled on top of each other. Nobody's safe there. And with Hamas set up and using people as human shields, 
it's going to guarantee deaths of innocent civilians, which, of course, is used as propaganda. Now, the thing about it is, though, that uh, Gaza has uh, many hundreds of kilometers of tunnels that the fighters, that Hamas fighters actually use. And it begs the question, if they can build the tunnels to protect the guys who are going to kill, why can't they build, say, bomb shelters for the residents of Gaza? Well, again, because then they wouldn't be able to use their deaths as a tool of propaganda. They wouldn't be able to put out uh, gory music videos and uh, TikToks and Instagram posts about how Israel is killing babies and all that stuff. So they have to allow it. Uh, It's kind of ridiculous to think that they would do something to save these people. Uh, And it just goes to show you that the people are, are chattel, okay? They don't matter. They don't matter on either side. They are more than happy, the governments, the leaders, they're more than happy to watch their own citizens perish if that means that they can use that as a tool to incite more rage because it gets nations all around them involved in this conflict. Now, one thing that is interesting, Benjamin Netanyahu has uh, officially stated that his top generals did not warn him about the Hamas invasion and the planned attack. Early on in this conflict, I brought you guys the uh, information about how this was well known in advance. This was Israel's 9-11 and the war hawk neocons inside the Israeli government. They chose to stand down. They allowed this attack to happen. They allowed their borders to be breached. They allowed their citizens to be murdered. And that was used by them as their own source of propaganda. I guess 1,400 Jews have been killed. Another 220 uh, have gone back to Gaza as hostages. We've got at least 10 Americans still currently being held by Hamas. And uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is not willing to come to the table. You know, all it's going to do is just end up in more death and destruction. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of uh, us, the people of these various nations, being chewed up and spit out, sent into the meat grinder so that the the leaders of our nation sitting in their ivory towers in whatever capital city it is, surrounded in a bunker by guys with, you know, massive, massive guns and, and sets of artillery <clears throat> to protect them to give their own lives to protect them. They don't have to worry about any of the the real world dangers of any of this stuff because they're not going to die. They're not going to be the ones who get killed. It's their citizens that are going to be killed. Yeah, I'm sick of it. I'm real sick of it. I'm real freaking sick of it. All right, Jim Kyle. Society is too busy being schooled about proper pronouns than right or wrong manners. Yeah, and they're too busy dealing with pronouns and neo-pronouns and gender identity, and they're not teaching these kids math, science. They're not teaching them civics. These people are, are they have like a fourth grade education. So it's really no wonder why, pe- why we've got seventh graders who are involved in armed carjackings. All right, so uh, do, do, do. let me say thank you to my friends over here on the Foxhole. We've already done the thank yous over on Rumble. I appreciate you guys. Oh, I needed to say thank you to Diana as well for dropping a, a donation on Cash App over the weekend. Sorry, I missed it. Uh, let's see, two in, two in the pink. He did not know the park was closed, Diego. He did not know the park was closed? 
How do we know that? How do we know that? Is there another two in the paint? Can you um, can you send me a link or something about that? How did he, how could he not know the park was closed? I mean, is that <laughs> I don't I don't know if you're joking or not. I mean, it seems like he snuck in after hours. Thick Ray, thank you very much. Uh, she tagged at Debbie Roush and then Porpoiseful. Thanks for dropping a cookie as well. All right, you guys, uh, that is all. I want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, got nothing else going on this evening. Please check out the interview that I did with uh, Patty Greer and Chris Burris from earlier today. Uh, don't forget, supporting the sponsors of the show is a great way to support me as well. And, of course, we've got my friends at c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. When you use code redpill78, you're going to save 10% off. When you go to mypillow.com, use code RP78 to save up to 80% off. And when you go to onenessdrops.com, use code RP78 to save 15% off every single order. Andre says, I missed a chunk of the stream. My dad called me to talk about the deep state. Oh, man. Well, if there was a reason for you to have to miss the stream— uh, I'm glad that it was uh, you getting to spend time talking to your dad. My dad passed away in 2009, man. So savor every moment that you have with the people you love. That's the best advice I can give you. And uh, I hope I see you guys tomorrow at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Red Pill News. And then tomorrow night at 9 on Altered State on Badlands Media with my good friend Brad. See you then. Good luck. God bless. Appreciate y'all. Oh, and don't forget, hit the like button. Hit the like button on your way out. Let me actually, I'm going to do a live count here on the Rumble chat. 3,500 people watching and less than 500 likes. You guys help me. You got to help me here. If also, if, can I make a plea to the people who are watching on Rumble without an account? It's like two minutes. You, you use a, an email address. You can make your username something that I'll see in the chat and then I'll, I'll call you out in the chat. You guys make an account. Make an account so you can hit the like button and then you can share the show and you can participate in the chat. I got all these amazing people over here on Foxhole and all these amazing people over here on Rumble and we're all talking and, and chatting it up and having a good time. Please do me a solid. I would so appreciate it. All right, guys. See you. Peace. Goodbye. God bless.
almost missed one. Spray and pray. He says, Ray rhymes with gay. No coincidences. <laughs> oh, thank you guys. 